Good morning, church. I think you will probably agree that this year has been particularly tough. I don't think that this time last year, any of us could have seen our circumstances change in the way that they have on a personal level or even on a national level. And it's left me questioning, how do we react when life is tough, when things go wrong and don't work out as we want them to? How do we act when bad things happen? Now, I know that many of my dearest friends, people I think of as family, have had a particularly hard year. But when it came to thinking about the next person to choose in our Women of the Bible series, one person that came to mind was my daughter Hannah, and of course Matt. Um, As some of you know, she's been planning her wedding since October last year when they got engaged, and she has had great fun planning a woodland wedding that she has always, always dreamed of, in amongst the uh, trees and the shrubs, surrounded by her friends and family. She had taken great pains with all the little details, handmade invitations, handmade lanterns that she'd made from jars and and, and flowers that she'd pressed against the side. And she'd made dried flowers for decorations and so on. The teepees had been booked along with a fire pit, fur throws, and lots of other lovely little details. But much of this year, since March, has been wondering really if the wedding was actually even going to happen at all. Hanana died, um, who she was so close to. And then there were so many times during the year when the rules kept changing. It was a case of, will it or won't it happen? The rules kept changing. First, you were not allowed to get married. Then you could get married. Then you couldn't get married again. Then you could have 30. And then it was reduced to 15 guests. Finally, just a couple of weeks ago, she had to accept that although she could get married legally, she was not going to be able to have the family celebration she'd planned for, as the numbers allowed meant that not all the family, not even her nieces and nephews could attend, and she's so close to them. We have a ridiculously big family. But through it all, I have been so impressed with the maturity and wisdom that she's demonstrated. She certainly taught me a thing or two. She keeps saying that she has so many things to be thankful for. So many people are in a worse position than she is. And she keeps saying all things work together for good for those that love God. I've been left wondering, would I be as gracious in her shoes? Thankfully, on Friday, just gone, she was able to have a registry office wedding. And next year in May, she is booked to have a woodland wedding celebration as planned with her friends and family around her and Tim is going to do the blessing and they're going to be able to say the vows that they wanted to say that they weren't allowed to say in the registry office due to Covid time restraints. So when it came to thinking about continuing our series on women of the Bible and choosing the woman there seemed to me to be only one choice, Hannah. The story we're going to look at is very well known Um, But I hope that we'll be able to look at it anew and discover things about Hannah that we can apply to our own lives. She showed great faith and thankfulness, even when God appeared to be silent to her. 
Now the story can be found in 1 Samuel 1 and you can read along in your Bibles or you can follow the story on the screen with us. There was a certain man from Matthiam whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham. He had two wives. One was called Hannah, the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favour in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. So in the course of time Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. I think Hannah was a truly remarkable woman.
truly remarkable. Why do I say that? Well, I think there are several things to note about what she was going through and how she behaved, things that can teach us today. First thing, Hannah was a failure. Hannah was a failure. Well, that's what she thought about herself anyway. And probably, you know, everyone treated her like a failure. Why? Because of the fact that she'd not had a baby and especially a son. It was incredibly important to Israeli women of that time to produce a son and an heir, especially as all the mothers in Israel at that time wanted to produce a son in the hope of being an ancestor of the Messiah. So she felt a failure. But not only was Hannah perceived as a failure, but Hannah was being bullied. She was being bullied. Her rival, Elkanah's other wife, kept provoking her. It says so in our reading. Why did she keep provoking her? Well, it says to irritate her. It also says it went on year after year, year after year. She was being bullied. Now, I think we can all cope with something and put up with it if it's for a short period of time. You think, right, well, I'm going to get through this. There's an end in sight, isn't there? But Hannah was having to cope with this constant taunting year after year. There didn't seem to be an end to it. It was ceaseless. How she didn't turn around and give the other woman a good slap is beyond me. What incredible patience and humility. So not only was Hannah considered a failure and not only was she being bullied, but it also says that she was suffering. Hannah was suffering. It says in our reading that she was downhearted and weeping and she was so upset by everything that she had stopped eating. She'd actually stopped eating because she was so upset. She was distraught by her situation and the fact that despite everything, despite her faithfulness and her continued prayer, nothing changed. She still hadn't had a baby. You know, I'm sure that there are many couples who can associate with the despair that she felt. She must have seen other friends and family having babies and it would have been so painful possibly to the point that she didn't want to mix with them anymore. She didn't want to be around them, seeing them being happy and seeing the babies. It probably seemed so unfair to her. So she was perceived as a failure. She was being bullied and she was desperately upset and suffering to the point of stopping eating. And then finally, you know, Hannah was misunderstood and accused unfairly. Even when she was praying, And the one person who should have been kind to her came up to her and should have listened to her. They didn't. Instead, they accused her of being drunk. Eli came up to her and accused her of being drunk when she was pouring out her heart to God. How hurt she must have been. How unjust was that? But despite all of that, despite all of that, Hannah was determined. Hannah persevered. Hannah didn't give up. Even though she did not see an answer to her prayers 
and God seemed to be silent to her. Her prayers seemed to be bouncing off the ceiling. What did she do? She kept coming back faithfully each year to the temple. Things were really hard for her. And yet, how did she react? She kept returning to the house of the Lord to worship and to offer up prayer. She was determined to remain faithful and she persevered in her faith. Would you have done that? Would you? Would I have done that? How would we have reacted in the same situation? She didn't give up and she didn't rebel and she didn't smack her bully in the face. And she responded with politeness and humility when she was unjustly accused. She just kept returning to the house of the Lord to pray and worship. I couldn't help, you know, but think that she reacted much in the same way as the Lord reacted when he was so unfairly treated. She was so gentle and quiet and humble. Wow, what perseverance, what graciousness, what faith, what an example to us. Do you know, she could have been bitter. She could have been jealous and she could have blamed God. It would have been totally understandable in the circumstances. However, I think the way that she conducted herself, I think it actually endeared herself to her husband. I was reminded only this week of how the circumstances that we go through and how we react to them can grow our strength of character. We're actually having some work done in the house at the moment and we had to have a carpenter round to have a look at what we need to have done. And he was asking us what type of wood we wanted and he was explaining about the different types. Um, and he was explaining to us something, a little bit of what I already knew. I think probably most of us learn when we're at school that you can gauge the age of a tree by counting the rings on the trunk, can't you? It's something you learn quite on. Well, the carpenter went a little bit further and he explained to me that the dark rings are the winter months and the lighter area, the spring and summer months of growth. So this dark bit here is where the tree grew in the winter and the light bit is where the tree grew in the spring and summer months. And in the winter, the tree has to sort of harden itself uh, and strengthen itself against the outside bad weather. And the thicker the dark line, like here, the thicker the dark line, it shows the harsher the winter it has lived through. So some lines are thicker and darker than others. Yet it's those colourful dark lines and patterns that give a piece of wood its character and it makes it beautiful. And it reminded me of a little story which I read at our house group the other week. And I think it demonstrates much of the same spirit of perseverance that Hannah demonstrated. So, sorry, house group. Yes, I'm going to read it again for the benefit of the family church. Once there were four little seeds. They were good friends. Taken up by the wind, they finally landed in a jungle clearing. There they remained, hidden on the ground, hoping they would be able to grow up and become beautiful trees. But when the first seed began germinating, they realised it wouldn't be such an easy task. In that clearing, there lived a group of monkeys and the smallest monkeys would amuse themselves 
by throwing bananas at any plant they noticed was starting to grow. Using this game, the monkeys learnt how to throw bananas and they also kept the clearing free of vegetation. They threw so many bananas at that first seed when it started to grow that it almost split in two. And when it told the other seeds what happened, they all agreed it would be better to wait for that group of monkeys to move on before they tried to grow again. Well, they all thought that, apart from one seed, who thought she should at least attempt it. But when she tried, she was pelted with bananas and was left folded over in two. The other seeds got together and asked her to stop trying. But that little seed was completely determined to become a tree and time and again she would start pushing up through the soil and try. On each new occasion the little monkeys had slightly improved their aim and so the little seed ended up doubled over yet again. But the little seed didn't give up. Every time they pelted her with a banana she tried even harder despite her friends begging her to stop and telling her to wait until the monkeys left. And so for days, weeks and months, the little plant was attacked by the monkeys and she always ended up stooped and doubled over. For a few days, she would manage to avoid the bananas, but then the next day, some monkey would hit her and it would start all over again. And then one day, she didn't double over. She was hit by a banana and then another, but none of them managed to make her stoop. She had taken so many blows and been doubled over so many times that she was full of hard knots and scars that helped her to grow more strongly than the other seeds. So her slim trunk got thicker and more resistant until it could withstand the impact of a banana. And she was already so well developed that nor could the little monkeys uproot her from the ground. And there she stayed, growing, growing and growing. Thanks to the extraordinary strength of her trunk, she could continue overcoming all difficulties until she became the most majestic tree in the jungle. Meanwhile, her friends remained hidden in the ground and they continued as ever, hoping that those horrible monkeys would abandon the clearing, never realising that those very same monkeys were the only ones capable of strengthening the seeds' trunks by their method of throwing bananas, something that would prepare the seeds for all the problems they would confront during their growth. I think you'll agree it's a really lovely little story. Many of us can probably associate with it. Life can be hard, can't it? But when you look back, you can see what has shaped us into who we are. It's made us who we are. And, you know, it's the same perseverance that that little seed showed, that Hannah showed. She persevered. However, what made the real difference with Hannah, of course, was that she believed in her God and she trusted him, despite all that she was going through. I think that the one thing that struck me most about the story is the phrase in our story that reads, then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. 
her face was no longer downcast. Isn't that a lovely picture? They rose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home. After Eli had blessed her, she felt an inner peace. Her face was no longer downcast. She hadn't felt that peace before and she believed that her prayer had been answered. She went and had something to eat and then she went and worshipped God. But you know, at that time she felt that peace and at that time that she was praising and worshipping, she wasn't pregnant. She wasn't pregnant. She didn't know the end of the story. She didn't have a Bible to read. She couldn't flip a couple of pages and see what was going to happen a couple of pages down. All she knew was that she'd been blessed and she felt an amazing peace in her heart. But she chose to trust her God. And something else that I really like about Hannah, I like a lot of things about Hannah, is that when God granted her greatest desire and blessed her with a child, she didn't forget the promise she'd made to give the child to God for service. She didn't forget that promise. So many times people cry out to God in times of trouble or when they really, really want something. But then when things improve or they get what they want, they forget all about their relationship to God and go back just as they were before. Not Hannah. Not Hannah. Not only did she remember her promise, but it says in the Bible that she brought an offering to the temple that actually would have been quite expensive. A three-year-old bull, some flour and some wine. Hannah was truly thankful to God and she wanted to demonstrate that. She was truly thankful to God for the gift of her son and she didn't take it for granted. I think that many of us over the past year or so have struggled with what's happened. I think it may be that some have been struggling with private battles for an awful lot longer. It may be that you've been praying for something for many years just like Hannah and you think your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. And it seems that God is silent and God is not listening. He is. He is. Hannah persevered and so should you. When life is hard and unfair, we should remember the words of the old hymn. It's one that I love. God has not promised skies ever blue, flower strewn pathways all our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But, but, God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labour, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love. It seems to me that we each have a choice this morning. You might be going through some downright difficult, confusing or tough times right now. You may have been praying for something for many, many years and you've almost given up hope of an answer to that prayer. But you have a choice. You have a choice. You can choose to be like one of those seeds in the ground, frightened to try and grow because life has knocked you down just one too many times. Or you can choose to be like Hannah who despite being considered a failure, who was bullied, misunderstood and really suffered, chose to persevere and trust God 
rising up to worship him with a glad and trusting spirit, even when her prayer hadn't been answered. Which are you going to choose? Are you going to be a Hannah? Amen.